We've seen it numerous times, and again just yesterday, a disgraced political figure's wife standing quietly beside him in his moment of forced public confession. Why do they do it? Are they doing the right thing? And what should the Christian response be? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Oh, well, obviously that's not me singing, but Elliot, 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 you're killing me here. What is going on with these people? Elliot Spitzer, everybody's been hearing him uh, confess. Uh, You've listened to it on the radio. You've listened to it on TV. You've probably looked at it on the Internet. And uh, you've seen his wife standing beside him, which is part of what we want to talk about uh, today. But it's just killing us, isn't it, that we're having to watch one public figure after another make these public confessions. I, I, you know, I would actually call it uh, public contrition, but it's not contrition. It's forced contrition, but that's an oxymoron. They're not humble in some kind of sincere form of repentance, but, oh, it's just killing me. And I know you're aware of where I'm going with this first, because you were with us yesterday, probably, and you know, do you get the point from yesterday? A, a man doesn't say, I'd like to destroy my family. I'd like to destroy my reputation and, and my life's work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take several thousand dollars and try to hide it in a way I could find if I were the prosecutor, but surely everyone else is too stupid to find. And then I'm going to go commit this awful act against my wife, against my family, against my own beliefs, purportedly, I don't know how far that goes with him, against my state and against the very values that I've proposed to represent by taking this office that I've taken and so on. Oh, well, I'm not trying to excoriate him in this moment. We're all sinners. I'll acknowledge that with you. But uh, he didn't say, I'm going to destroy my family, my reputation, and my life's work. What he did was choose something that was wrong and end up doing something that was not only wrong, but evil. 
and in doing that, bring about consequences that he had not foreseen. The problem isn't the consequences. The consequences just go with the reality of the problem. The problem is that he chose to do the wrong thing to begin with. That's the issue that we were dealing with yesterday. The point is we don't have to find someone with horns and a a forked tongue and a pointed tail and red skin to know that someone is going to bring about evil in the world. We just need to find someone who's making wrong choices, or we ourselves make wrong choices, look at things and not evaluate them in the way that we ought to. So no one says, I'm going to destroy a free economy. But when they determine to take over a huge portion of a free economy and uh, make it something that's completely controlled or manipulated by a force that's not answerable to the free market, particularly the government, then they're going to destroy a free economy, and that brings catastrophic consequences. I know you're saying, oh, don't talk to me about economy. Who cares about the economy? You care about the economy. And let me, t- let me guarantee you the effects of a devastated economy are personal, and they create an, a, a, an almost untold amount of suffering if they go unchecked. So it matters when we make decisions like this. No one says, I'm going to kill a baby, but they do say, I don't want to be a mother right now. I I want people to have a choice. I want to have freedom right now. Oh, I'm not ready for this pregnancy right now. But what they end up doing is killing a baby. No one says, we're going to strip individuals of their personal freedoms and their response. But that's what we end up doing when we make the kinds of choices that we're making. You know, uh, uh, just I, I want to make this comment without judgment because I don't know enough about it to, to make very many comments about it intelligently. But in our own, uh, in our own community here, we've been devastatingly affected uh, by the events around Rufus Shaw and uh, his wife and their death. And I, I'm certainly not going to pretend that I understand, understand what happened there. I know the news stories around it. I understand the background over the last few weeks of what's been going on. But, but I just want to say, you know, with that uh, apparent homicide-suicide that took place among community leaders with us, uh, we have to become aware that when you see danger signs in someone's behavior, you're look, we cannot pretend that we're going to slip our feet into a stream of wrong choices, into a stream that we would refer to, you know, in our Christian context as sin, that we're just going to dip our feet in it, but it's not going to wash us away. We cannot pretend to be that way. When we get involved in uncleanness, when we get involved in wrong choices, we are giving up the privilege that we had before of making a right choice and expecting good consequences from it. We give that up. We slip our feet into that stream. We have no idea how far down the stream we're going to be carried before the full weight of that bad choice is realized. And we have to start to realize that. And some of you who are driving uh, around right now, some of you who are sitting down and listening to me right now, some of you know there are things in your own life that you tolerate and you say to yourself, well, I'm different. It's not going to have a devastating effect on me. It's not going to have the same consequences it does on everyone else. Now, I just want to say to you right now, just between me and you, you are wrong, and you know you're wrong, and you cannot tolerate that kind of thing in your life and pretend like you're going to go unscathed for the rest of your life. It's that kind of arrogance that brings this kind of catastrophic collapse that we saw today with Elliot Spitzer. Okay, now, I don't want to stay in that direction. I don't, we're not going to stay there all day long. If you want to mention something from yesterday, that's fine. Uh, We'll bring that up later. But what I do want to ask about is this 
awkward-looking woman in the background. It's not her fault. I'm not criticizing her at all. Uh, by no, in no way am I trying to say, oh, you know, it's terrible that she's standing there. But, I mean, for crying out loud, all of us, I think, who are watching that feel awkward having to watch this woman stand there and listen to her husband. And I think a lot of our minds went back to what we were thinking about Hillary Clinton when she went through this the first time. I'm talking about with the first round of other women in Bill Clinton's life. Do you remember how she had to defend herself from this stand by your man mentality. You know, I'm not sitting here as some little woman stand by my man like Tammy Wynette. Uh, she actually referred to the song, I'm not this little woman stand by your man like Tammy Wynette. And remember, uh, Tammy Wynette actually came back, I think, and criticized her for criticizing the the women that would be faithful to their husband even in difficult times and so on like that. I, I, I think all of us uh, remember having to watch through that process and think, why why would she do that? And I want us to, to think about that in the context of uh, Elliot Spitzer's wife. I want us to remember Dina McGreevy, uh, another wife that went through that a little while back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a few little comments from Dina McGreevy about the things that we're seeing right now in just a moment. But first, we already have a caller on the line. Uh, I'll go ahead and give out the number. If you want to call in, what we're going to be talking about is uh, women in relationship to their husband, in relationship to our society, and the way we think about women, the way, the way we think about them in society in general, but also the way we think about women and their role in society as Christians, and whether we have a genuinely Christian perspective on the roles that women are playing in our culture right now. And so uh, just to get us warmed up here, John, I appreciate your calling in from Louisville. What's your opinion about uh, Elliot Spitzer's wife in particular? Well, first, thank you for uh, taking my call. Oh, um, happy to have you call. I, I think that uh, if, if uh, we're Christians especially, um, when we take our marriage vows, it says through better or worse. Now, the Bible okay. says uh, about some sins, it says there's things we shouldn't do. And it says, absolutely, there's things that we should not do. And sure. uh, sinning against the temple of God, which is your body, is one thing you shouldn't do with, with uh, sexual uh, crimes. Uh, sure. Crimes is what it, it, it says specifically. Sure, it's not a minor issue. It's a huge issue in the New Testament. It's, it's, the one, it's one of the few things that's mentioned in almost every epistle in the New Testament, that particular kind of sin, sexual impurity of some kind. Well, I think the governor should uh, probably step down, but I think he should think. Uh, counsel from the church sure. uh, if, if he's a Christian at all. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I appreciate your call, John. Thanks so much for your opinion. Actually, we already have someone else calling uh, with an opinion, I assume, about this. John, thanks for calling uh, it right here in Dallas. Uh, tell us what you're thinking about, John. Well, uh, really, my, my, my heart literally goes out to, to Spitzer's wife. Amen. Unfortunately, unfortunately I am a victim of, of that nightmare as well. My wife made that mistake, and you know we're recovering from that as well, so... Um, I can very much relate to her. Bottom line is we have a society that does not want to see marriages succeed. Well, you're right. Marriage yeah. is under assault from every angle. Right. You know, at, when, when I wear my wedding ring, I get hit on. When I don't wear my wedding ring, I don't get hit on. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? Um, I, I have I've heard other men say that. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think my nose keeps people from wanting to hit on me. I don't think it has anything to do with my ring. Uh, but but I'm certainly glad I don't have that issue. I, I will say uh, I, it is odd and sad in our society how much opposition there seems to be to marriages succeeding. But but let's just be blunt here. Uh, I know you would agree with this, John. I'm not I'm not questioning you on this. But uh, I, this is Elliot Spitzer's fault. 
I mean, it's got uh, he can blame whatever else he wants, but uh, prostitution didn't begin in our society, and it didn't begin with a modern perspective on marriage, and it didn't begin with our divorce rate, and he fell prey to uh, the kind of sin that's uh, warned about in, in the book of Proverbs, for crying out loud. It's not like it's a new thing or some kind of a scary thing. Let me, uh, let me just remind everybody of what happened a while back. We had another governor from New Jersey uh, who went through uh, some uh, sexual impurity and uh, had to confess publicly what he had gotten involved in, and his wife stood patiently by him, and she's made a few comments uh, about her identification with what um, Elliot Spitzer's wife is going through right now. And so I, I want to listen to a couple of things that she said. Here's one of them. For me, um, I was there because I loved him. He was my husband. I had made, uh, you know, I had promised to stand by him in good times and bad. Now, that's Dina McGreevy on WABC-TV, and she was just saying she understands what Elliot Spitzer's wife is going through. And she also understands, uh, you know, why a wife would stand by her husband in good times and bad, but uh, she's not saying uh, that it's just the right thing to do to stand by your husband. She's just saying she certainly understands where uh, Mrs. Spitzer is coming from. I, I want to mention also that uh, Dina McGreevy had been, t- uh, did this interview with CNN, and she mentioned why other wives have stood beside their husbands in a public moment of disgrace. And then uh, the fact that we look at those wives, and and I think sometimes we might even feel critical towards the wives. Boy, I really want to correct that. And Dina McGreevy makes that correction in this statement. And even, you know, months and and years um, after Jim's resignation, um, you know, I'd go out and people would be in the corner whispering and, and, and talking about me. So we have to be respectful of her um, as, as a private person and um, not criticize her because, you know, I know that I was criticized for standing there. Um, Hillary Clinton was criticized for standing, um, you know, with her husband, um, Larry, Larry Craig's Craig. wife. Um, we all do it for very personal reasons. I did it because he was my husband. I and always supported him. I loved him. I had a daughter that, you know, would one day, will one day look back um, and recognize that this was one of the most difficult, you know, uh, experiences in, in her father's life. And I wanted her to know that I was there for her father. So we all do it for very personal reasons. Um, and I would just ask people not to criticize her because you don't know what it's like unless you're in, in the person's shoes. Can you even imagine how her life, uh, Mrs. Spitzer's life, is reeling right now with the news of what her husband has gone through? She didn't expect that. She had no awareness of it whatsoever. And now she's pushed in front of the entire world. And uh, uh, everybody's watching her and seeing what she's doing and evaluating her. And I, I imagine she feels like she's under a microscope. So I don't want this so much to be about whether she did the right thing or not. And let's just put this bluntly. Uh, her husband is now I'm I'm going to say all this for crying out loud. He's the governor of New York for another 12 hours or so. So I'm not trying to pretend I have some kind of a precedence over him or anything like that. But what an idiot to make his wife stand up there next to him. I mean, I want to say with all due respect, what a moron. Why on earth would he make his wife stand there when he's the one who committed the sin, even against her, and uh, ought to confess it and ought to face the full brunt of it without her being there? So no measurement or judgment of her whatsoever. Let's, uh, Let's do say that was the wrong thing for him to do. Now, what I want to invite you to do after the break is call back and uh, give us an idea of whether you think it was shameful or admirable for her to stand by him, and also just of where you think women fit in our society. This is Barry Creamer, and you're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. (music) 
If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. What we've got going today is this. Uh, We've seen uh, these political leaders stand up, make their public confession. Their wives stand beside them. And we have this uneasy sense about what their wives are having to go through. We're not evaluating their wives in the sense of saying that there's something wrong with what they did or anything like that. They're just caught uh, in the middle of this uh, huge melee. And, uh, you know, we just feel badly for them. But we do want to ask these couple of questions. Uh, One of them is, is it shameful or admirable for a woman to stand by her man as these women did? And let's just take it as strongly as that. Uh, the number, if you want to call in and give an opinion on this, is 1-800-881-9270. But in the same way, I, I want to ask more broadly, if a woman marries, how much of her life ends up being wrapped up in her husband? How much of her identity is wrapped up in her husband? Her name is raising kids wrapped up in giving her life over to her husband? Her c- career moves, are they determined by her husband? Are her politics somehow led or governed by her husband? Should they agree on things like that? Uh, I just want to ask you, you know, how do you see that relationship between men and women in our culture, because Christianity has a lot to say about the relationship between men and women, and I think a lot of our position as Christians and the Christian worldview that's legitimately presented in the Bible is misunderstood and misrepresented. So again, the number, if you want to call in and comment on these things, especially about women's roles in society, their relationship with men, is 1-800-881-9270. I'll encourage you to call. Now, I want us to remember what Dina McGreevy has been saying about uh, Silda Spitzer and the things that she's going through and how she identifies with and understands this kind of pain that she's going through. My heart just broke for her because I know exactly how she's feeling. Um, it's always difficult to, to learn that, uh, you know, the, the person you love has uh, betrayed your trust, but it's, uh, you know, a hundred, the difficulty um, is increased tremendously when you have to face it in such a public manner. And, um, you know, she's ridiculed and and shamed in front of, you know, virtually the entire world. And, of course, I know that's how it feels. I I hope it's not actually true that there would be ridicule and shame being heaped out. But but maybe so. And maybe that's part of what we need to talk about. Now, uh, Christians are accused commonly of uh, subjugating women. That is, putting women down. You know, uh, putting them in a box, uh, putting them in their their place, tying them down and telling them what they can do and what they can't do. And uh, limiting who they are as human beings. And... I want us to be uh, to give a better assessment of that, biblically and factually, both ways. And uh, we already have the lines full, so I'm going to go to our callers first of all. And I know you may be uh, calling about some of the things we raised uh, right away in the first segment, but whatever it is you want to comment on, we want to hear from you. Gloria in Rowlett, I appreciate your calling. What do you have to say? Um, basically, I think I agree with what the lady said before. Um, 
You know, she was, um, we don't know what's going on unless you're in their shoes. Sure. It's a personal and sensitive issue. Sure. I do believe that he was wrong to have her stand by him, though. He didn't have well, her. I'm with you hold, on that. He didn't have her there to hold his hand when he went through the act. And I think he should have stood by himself. <laughs> the same, you know, and, yeah. you know, when he was there giving a speech. Yes. And then given her time to have that sink in, she looked like, she looked as if, she was still in some state of shock and, yes. you know, denial maybe, and I think you should have given her right. more to cope with that. I'm, al- I'm always a little afraid of talking to women when I'm on a topic like this because you never know exactly how violent a woman's going to get. That's why I'm glad Penna's not here today. I was I was afraid of what she might do. You know, she's a big woman. What is she, about 6'3", 350 pounds, something like that? No, uh, none of that's true, of course, if you know her at all. She's a tiny, tiny woman. Uh, but the reality is I do get a little frightened. I, I mean, I've, I go to churches sometimes that are needing help in resolving conflicts and things. Never, ever have I been in a circumstance in a church where I was afraid of a man, where I was worried about what he was going to do or couldn't stand up to him or anything like that. A few women? Oh, man. Uh, I've been afraid to take my position. So uh, I just want to say, you know, talk about a a woman standing by her man. Uh, God forbid that anything like this should ever happen to me and I should ever be in some kind of a public statement or any kind of a private situation where I would have to deal with some kind of a sin like this. But for crying out loud, my wife would have to take three weeks to get the blood off of her uh, before she could stand next to me in public in some circumstance like this. Kim in Dallas, thank you so much for calling. Uh, If you'll just pardon my uh, previous rant, go ahead and share with us what was on your mind. Well, I just wanted to make a comment about when you mentioned earlier that she didn't know. I don't want us to assume that maybe she was clueless to what was going on in her home or that maybe this is the first occurrence that uh that it, of something like this happening it may be the first one that we all know of right it may not be the first one that is actually going on in her home wow and i don't believe that her husband actually made her get up there and stand next to him because you know a woman, you're saying maybe she should have been wife. aware i mean any woman is not going to do what she doesn't want to do i think it has a lot to do with status and hmm. and situation and position Wow. A lot of women are very material. Kim, so that's, that seems like a harsh judgment. I, I want you to stay on the line for just a second because I want to ask you about this. I, I, I think your statements are fair. Uh, I'm not saying they're not unfair. Uh, I mean, are unfair. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, the incident we had in Arlington with Terry Hornbuckle, and I, I can't say anything factually about that case. I don't know any of the details of it. I know some rumors that were spread and some things that were talked about, and a big part of it had to do with uh, it seems likely that uh, quite a few people knew what was going on uh, with his infidelities, with his spouse, even though he was a leader in a congregation. And uh, I think I identify with what you're saying, that uh, odds are somebody knew this was going on, aside from just the man that was involved. Is that what you're implying, Kim? Am I hearing you right? Oh, must have lost her. That's all right. Uh, Listen, here's the deal. Uh, Man, I am going to be reluctant to judge uh, Silda Spitzer that she should have been aware of what was going on. I mean, I I like to foster an atmosphere of trust. I think a husband and wife ought to trust each other. And the reality is he's the one who's guilty. And uh, I'm really going to be reluctant to put any of the guilt on her for what he did. And I'd say the same thing about myself. If I were involved in some kind of infidelity with my wife, it would not be her fault at all. And if some guy blames it on his wife, he's a moron. All right, Ray, I appreciate your calling in. You want to share with us what you're thinking, Ray? Oh, our phone lines are giving us a hard time now. We lost Ray also. That's all right. Uh, I pre- we've got other callers on the line, so we're okay. Gail, I uh, appreciate your calling in from Garland. Are you there, Gail? 
Hey, we need to talk to our phone company. You know, we've got other phone companies out there that are willing to deal with us and uh, make us a deal, I'll bet, on what's going on. We'll see if we can figure out what's going on with the phone lines. Do you want to try the next one? You want to try again? Uh, want to try Deborah in North Richland Hills? I'm not sure what's going on with the phones, but that's all right. We've got plenty to talk about. Uh, did you say yes? Yes. Oh, Deborah, I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, that's okay. I'm oh. going, hi, I'm here, I'm here. Hey, what's going on, Deborah? What are you thinking? Oh, okay, Dr. Kramer. Well, I just want to say, um, you know, as a woman, no, don't be afraid of our comments, but you know, I'm a Christian woman. <laughs> we know this act. We know what the Bible says. It's, it's just deplorable. Yeah. However, let's not judge her. We, Absolutely. We don't know the story, and let's don't even judge her standing up there. I mean, yeah, good. short of him holding a gun to her head or... I don't know. Maybe he's an abuser and he controls her in a way that she had to stand there. We don't know. Right. And let's don't judge her and say, oh, that was shameful she stood there. And yeah. Because we don't know. Uh, and so, like you said, she's deer in the headlight. Can you only imagine? I can't even imagine. And, so, and I think your call is right on the mark. I, I do think it's really important for us to be reluctant to judge someone who's thrown into a circumstance like yeah, that. Yeah, and so we shouldn't say anything. It, it, let's, hope, let's hope the best that it was her wanting to stand there and stand there and, you know, with him. So... Right. Thank That's you. All I wanted to say is Thank I, you very much. Yeah. Perfect call. Per- perfect point too. Uh, I, I do. I, I do still want to know. Uh, you know, what are people thinking? Really, just factually, if you had to deal with this issue, would you be willing to do that? For one thing, and uh, even if you disagreed with it, if you said, "I'm not going to stand by my man in a circumstance like that. He's on his own. If he if he fails like that, even if you said that, um, is that because you think uh, the way we see women related to men right now in our society that there's something wrong with that? I'm still asking those questions. Still want to know. Lane, thanks for calling from Dallas. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Lane in Dallas. We're going to get all this straightened out. What's on your mind, Lane? Well, I was just calling. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the conversation today and that yes, sir. we're Go ahead. all placing great judgment on on different people, right. and I don't know that we're even capable of judging one another. And we don't know. I mean, I don't know that he forced her to stand there with him. And, no, of course not. You know, I'm really kind of concerned that you are calling him a moron and an idiot. I am, I because he committed adultery con- and went to a prostitute. That's why I'm saying that. You know, I, I just... I, You're you know, willing to go with me on that much, aren't you? Do what? Lane, I appreciate your call. I want you to stay on for just a second. I was going to ask you. You're willing to go with me that he's a moron for going to a prostitute and cheating on his wife, aren't you? Well, I think that what he did was wrong, yes. I okay, <laughs> that's all I mean by moron. moron. You're right. You know, the word's a little harsh. To do that. You're right. My word is too harsh. Um, I'm going to say he's despicable and uh, unclean, and he's right for confessing, and he ought to repent. And uh, I'm going to say, and I, I, I want to know if you think this is okay to say or not, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being a little agitating on purpose, but I, am, but I am trying to make a point. We're supposed to measure the fruit that people produce. Uh, when people look at me as a pastor, they are expected to measure my lifestyle, to see if it measures up to what I'm preaching when they decide whether they're going to follow me as a pastor or not. And I think it's right for us to evaluate the works of other people and make a decision about what we think about them based on that. Uh, You'd have to agree with that much, right? Yes, I do agree with that. Good, Lane. I appreciate your correction also because, really, it is unfair for me to use those kinds of words. Uh, I don't know. He's obviously an intelligent man. He was just acting like a man that's not... Uh, well, he was just acting like a sinner, wasn't he? So I appreciate that call, Lane. Great call. Uh, Lindsay, I appreciate your calling from Irving. What do you want to share with us today? Well, I'm actually with Lane on his comment. I, I think Fair that enough. we're all sinners. Sure. And I'm with if that. If somebody's repentant, they deserve to 
us to be understanding of that. Sure. And also, I think as far as his wife standing next to him, whether she forced him or not, I applaud her for what she did. Yeah, me she's too. She's a wife who's committed to stand by her husband, and that's, that's what she's committed to do. Me too. I, I'm with you on her. Absolutely with you on her. On him so and repentance. Or not. On, 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 on her? Oh, I, 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 have nothing, I have nothing but admiration for a woman who's able to stand up after having to face what she's been through for the last two days. Now, I, I'm not in any way criticizing her for standing by her man. I'm not, I, I'm not even saying she is standing by her man. For all I know, she's doing something that is good for her to do psychologically. I have no idea. Uh, I'm not criticizing her in any way. And, I, I, boy, I'm glad you clarified that because I don't want to be heard that way at all. Um, I do, you know, I, I do want to say I, I'm not giving any credence to his repentance until I see that he lives a different life, until there's some evidence that something has changed. Words mean nothing. So uh, repentance from a man who's still bargaining with lawyers about whether he's going to have to face felony charges or not, whether he's going to resign the governorship. Of course, he's going to end up doing that, but I think he's only going to do it because he's going to be able to exchange that for avoiding a felony uh, conviction and therefore be able to keep his law practice. So I just want to know, not, not necessarily what we think about Elliot Spitzer, but what do we think about the role of women in society, how we evaluate all these things happening? And we're going to talk about it more right after the break when we come back to Jerry Johnson Live. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Sometimes it's hard to be a woman. Giving That's all right. your love <laughs> to just all right. Thank you, Tammy Wynetta. We appreciate your words. This is what we've been uh, working on so far. You know, uh, just how wrapped up in her husband is a woman's identity. And is that acceptable or not for a woman's identity to be so attached to her husband? And in this unfortunate circumstance, you have a husband who is unfaithful and a woman who stands by him faithfully. And uh, the society watches that. We're very uncomfortable with her position having to be there, not because we think she's doing anything wrong. And uh, wow, am I grateful for the correction on that, because I don't want to be heard that way at all, but because uh, it just feels really awkward for her to have to stand there and listen to her husband describe how he cheated on her. Uh, So what I'm wanting to ask you is, uh, how wrapped up in her husband is a woman's identity? And then, uh, you know, also, should that be different? And uh, how should Christians see uh, where women fit into society and how they relate to men and how they relate to their husband and how they then uh, relate to the rest of the culture? And so we're having callers about this specific topic and then just about women in general, so feel free to comment on that. Again, the number's 800-881-9270. If it's busy, call back. Uh, we have a few that are holding on the line right now, and I want to get to them right away. So I'm going to go to Unita first. Unita, I appreciate your calling in. Uh, what's on your mind? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, thanks I for calling. I just wanted to challenge the listeners to look at it a different way. Okay. And that is that it's not a coincidence that most women in these uh, circumstances stand by their husband. I mean, not just in politics, but even Kobe Bryant's wife. Okay, yeah. What do you mean by that? I believe that it is the PR consultants and advisors (laughs) uh, having them to do this. It's all about image, and that's really what it's about. It's not because they want to be there. It's because someone said... For his image in this particular situation, you want to look, you know, like yeah. there's a little solidarity. So you're saying it is as more of a business uh, deal 
in this case. Oh, absolutely. Public I got relations, you. especially with politicians. Yeah, you, you know, important. when Dina McGreevy was talking about this, uh, Unita, she, she said that she was left out of the decision-making altogether. I mean, she was completely out of, out of touch with uh, the decision that was being made. Her husband uh, spent a couple of days uh, in conferences with lawyers and advisors, and then, and then they just emerged, and she was sort of ushered out and just ended up on the stage with him. She, she wasn't even a part of the process, but, and that's exactly sort of what you're saying, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah. everyone does it. They think it's the right thing to do, but now, since it's coming up, they're going to question that. Right, yeah. They probably won't make the same business decision. But it's got nothing to do with their values or, or whether they actually care about it or not. That's, 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 I think that's insightful, You need. I appreciate the comment and uh, the insight to what's going on right now. Uh, Lauren, I appreciate your calling from Rockwall. Did you want to share with us an opinion on this topic? Yes, I just wanted to um, say one of the questions that you asked was yes. how how wrapped up should a woman's identity be in her husband? Good, perfect. And I think that spouses, whether it be the husband or the wife, should definitely be both of their identities should be completely entwined. Of course, you want to have oh, separate that. interests and identities, but right. th- you know, whenever we've been you've been talking about this, I looked at it from a different perspective because in my home. If anyone were to run for public office, it would be me. <laughs> and I, so I thought about that, and I thought, if I were to fall into sexual sin, would my husband be standing there behind me? And there is no doubt in my mind he would. Yeah. And I don't think that we, you know, that we, it would spark as much debate or, you know, as, there would be as much to talk about if that were the case. Huh. Um, but it does kind of help look at the issue is how it's not necessarily a woman's issue. Should yeah, a woman's yeah. identity be wrapped up in her husband? Right. But more a spouse issue. Are right. you going to stand behind your spouse when they fall into that kind of sin? So I just hope uh, that yeah. if that ever happens to me, I know I won't right. be in the public eye, but I hope that I have the courage to stand behind my husband like that and to live out loud the way that she is. Well, you know, that that's very insightful and very helpful. Let me let me try to separate two issues, Lauren, and see if you still say exactly the same thing, because okay. uh, I think you're dead right on the fact that as Christians, we have to learn to say that when I stood at the altar and I said to the preacher, until death parts us, I did not say until death or infidelity or inconvenience or a change of my mind or a change in my psychological state or whatever. I said until death parts us. And uh, choosing to be faithful through that is simply keeping your marriage vows. I'm not criticizing people who don't, but I am saying that's part of what we adopt as as a Christian perspective on marriage. You agree with that, right? And that's what you're espousing here. Of course. Okay, good. Now, with that said, does that necessarily mean that in a public context, uh, she needs to be available to him to use to support his you know, confession and basically appeal for, I don't know if it's public sympathy or a, sure. a hope for some kind of ameliorated circumstance. Would you would you necessarily agree that she needs to be a part of that process, too? No, would you be willing to separate is, those? Yes. No, I, I know where you're going, and I, I think that's totally a personal choice. If, if the choice to stand behind him was right. uh, to show the public Right. Um, that basically by his request to show the public, right. uh, you know, maybe he in hopes of keeping his job, that's one thing. And, of course, it's her decision where, one way or another. But when I think about my being in that position, I, I might want to stand behind him, or right. I hope that I would, just as a show as a, of, of support as a Christian woman, yeah. standing behind my marriage vows as a, just as a correct and courageous woman yeah perfect image. perfect in fact uh, that uh, just to, to play it again this is one of the things that Dina McGreevy said uh, that I thought was interesting even in her circumstance commenting on uh, I think all of us holding this value for the permanence of marriage here's what to she me said. Um, I was there because I loved him 
he was my husband. I had made, uh, you know, I had promised to stand by him in good times and bad. Yeah, and uh, Lauren, great call. Thanks so much for that input. Uh, Julia, I believe we have uh, in Dallas. Julia, what are you thinking about all this? Uh, yes. The reason I call Dr. Kramer yes, ma'am. is because it seems to me that everyone is missing the point Okay. this whole thing. What's the point? To me, it shows clearly at how devastating sin can be, and it doesn't just destroy the life of the individual, which it has. Elliot Spitzer's political career is all but ruined. You're right. It may ruin his legal career. It has, for short, deeply damaged and hurt his family. And sin also affects other people and the people in your life to say, it always does. it shouldn't hurt other people. You know, I, um, I, I'm doing it to myself. Well, that is the most self-centered attitude to take. No yes, man lives to himself, cave, and no man dies to the himself. The thing is, is that that woman stood up there on that stage, whether she was ushered up, no matter why she stood up there, doesn't matter. Right, the right. look on her face was right. a pure devastation. Right. And deeply, deeply hurt. So you saw the consequences of saying, that's, that's exactly right, Julia. Great point. I, I appreciate you making that point. I, I just want to share with you, as well as everybody else in our audience, I'm not uh, saying it for any other reason than that just that so you'll know that our, our what our values are here. Uh, look, we have fun talking. I enjoy talking with you all. Uh, we have great calls. It, it's kind of, it's just fun to interact with you during this hour that we get to spend together when I get to do this show. Um, and so I know we're going to have fun when we talk about stuff even like this, but e- even when we prayed before the show today, uh, so that we we realized we were going to be talking about people whose lives are, are really being devastated by this. I don't know them personally. I'm not related to them in any way. I know that uh, Silda, uh, uh, the, that is Mrs. Spitzer, is a, a Christian. I mean, she professes faith in Christ. She grew up as a Christian and uh, in a Christian home. We prayed for them as a family, and we don't, we don't want them to go through these things. But the reality is there are public consequences to sin, and a part of that is we have to deal with that. Uh, the reality is our morality was affected when Bill Bill Clinton went through the things that he went through. Our, our morality as a nation was affected by that. Our teenagers were affected in their view of what is and is not moral by the morality that our political leaders were also espousing. I know we have other callers on the line. I want to get to as many as we possibly can. So, uh, Lynn, I appreciate your calling in Keller. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Aaron, appreciate yeah. your calling in Dallas. Want to hear what you have to say. Is this Dr. Kramer? Oh, a male voice. Thank you so much. No, I'm just kidding. I love the women that are calling. I'm so sorry. I don't mean it like that. But, you know, it's so scary to talk to a woman. So, Aaron, thank you for calling. Not a problem. Um, I just wanted to say something. As Christians, sometimes we can be so hypocritical. Oh, yeah. And and the reason I'm going to say this is because I had one of our pastors say one time, he said, it's so easy to point someone else's sin out yeah, that's right. and ignore something in our life. I want to use this for example. Um, I've committed immorality, so I really can have a sympathy for the gentleman that got beat up. I mean, I beat okay. myself up. I didn't need no one else to do it for me. Okay. And I know it's easy to say maybe he wasn't remorseful and repentance, right. but that's not us to judge. We can't always tell by what a person says. Most Sometimes we can't, sometimes we can't. I, I'm gonna th- hold on just a second, Aaron, because I want to say right there, I, I agree with you, I, and I did make that statement earlier. The truth of the matter is, though, I know David didn't repent either until he was caught and confronted right. by Nathan. Exactly so, right. so I acknowledge all of that. I, I, I do. I, I think you're right on the mark. Keep going. I was going to bring David up, but I also was going to bring something up. It's so easy for us in the church. I mean, I've heard sermon after sermon. I've been to some wonderful churches and heard some wonderful pastors, and I've listened to people like Chuck Swindoll and people like that, and they're just very godly men. But right. we've had so many Christian pastors, as you well know, that have fell in immorality themselves. 
and we don't we get mad when the world beats them up. So why do we beat the world up? We need to set a better example. Right. Maybe some of the pastors like yourself or godly men like yourself need to reach out to someone like him. You know, he maybe needs that instead of us crashing and right. beating him up. Somebody to reach out to him, put a loving hand out yeah. to him, and say, "Hey, listen, you made a mistake." Yeah repent from it, try to change. Man, I, I agree 100%, Aaron. You, you've made a perfect point. As Christians, our perspective has to be to acknowledge that all of us are sinners and all of us need the grace of God or we'd all be in a pickle. And uh, we do have the grace of God. We're very fortunate that Christ was willing to pay for our sins for us. So uh, that is the good news that we have. So thanks for sharing that with us. Lynn, I appreciate your calling in also and uh, from Keller. Uh, in fact, you've had to try a couple of times to get through. So share with us what you're thinking about all this. Thank you. Um, yes, I, I agree with so very much of what's been said, and and please understand. I guess this is coming from the woman's point of view. I okay, just I'm just teasing about like being afraid. Go one ahead. One time to see one of these women that unfortunately are going through this, and I know right. men go through it too. Right. But stand up there and say, "Yes, I support him. I'm going to try to forgive him and just basically knock his head off." <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was going to say, Lynn, I, I think my wife would stand behind me, but I'd have to duck if she did stand behind me. I think that's p- part of the picture of the reality of the consequences of sin. Okay, let's acknowledge that this stuff is bad stuff. Let's also acknowledge that all of us need that kind of repentance. And let's talk some more about the role of women in our society and whether Hillary, uh, a woman, could actually be president in a culture like ours in the way we think about women. You're listening to Barry Creamer on Jerry Johnson Live. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Well, we've been talking about women today, but we've been doing it in a good way, and we're trying to figure out how we ought to see a woman's relationship with her husband in particular in the light of these uh, revelations of the last few days, but also the last few months and years, the constant revelations of leaders, uh, political, religious, all kinds of leaders who uh, fall into sins and then stand there with their wife standing next to them and make their public confession. And so uh, we're just wanting to know what you think uh, about the woman's role in that and uh, whether you think it's appropriate for her to stand by her man, for her identity to be attached to her husband in that way. Is it appropriate for her to be used that way uh, politically or uh, publicly? Uh, So, you know, all of those things have been coming up. We've been talking pretty freely about it. We've still got some callers on the line we want to take care of right away. So, uh, Bob, I appreciate your calling. What are you thinking about all this? Well, I think uh, what it shows is a woman being used as a dish rag. And also, uh, <laughs> our Governor Spitzer, he's a governor of a, of a uh, of, uh, New York. Okay. And he's a Democrat. 
He had a good teacher in Bill Clinton. <laughs> and uh, he saw Bill Clinton get away with it, and he yeah. says, well, I had a good teacher. Bill Clinton got away with it. Yeah. And now... Um, uh, wow, do I wish it was the case that now, only uh, one party or the other uh, had uh, had been participating in this kind of egregious behavior. Uh, and I know you know that's not the case, so I appreciate your sharing that with us. But y- you're right. I mean, it, it shouldn't surprise us when these things happen for, uh, for several reasons. Uh, but I do, I do want to say something about this. Uh, someone being evol- involved in this kind of egregious sin, I, I, not just a, it's not just, oh, I, you know, I, I happened to look at a poster or, or I saw something that I shouldn't, shouldn't have seen in terms of sexual immorality, because that's what this man was involved in, sexual immorality. This is uh, over a period of months or maybe much longer, we don't know, uh, being involved in repetitive uh, adultery against his wife. And, uh, you know, we need to become aware of the signs uh, that, that people are participating in things like this and not be tolerant of it in our culture. And I, and I don't mean by that that we need to uh, strap a, a scarlet letter on their chest. I, I'm not saying that we have to crucify everyone that this happens to. I do want us to be gracious as Christians. But there is that thing when the woman was brought to Jesus, first of all, that they didn't bring the man, they only brought the woman, that's a shame, but that Jesus didn't allow them to stone her. Instead, he confronted them with the reality that they were also sinners. And in that, then said to her, so your accusers aren't here, I'm not accusing you, but go and don't sin anymore either. We have to have holiness in our lives to represent Christ, and part of that means recognizing the sinfulness that separates the society from representing Christ or from uh, effectively seeing the kingdom of God in this world. Okay, Marianne, appreciate your hanging on the line. I know you've been waiting for a good while. Uh, so tell us what you're thinking about all this that we've been talking about today. Not a problem. Thank you, Marianne. Um, I would stand by my man, but not not for any reason I've heard yet. Okay. And you probably won't like me after this. <laughs> I like you. Uh, well, thank you. Um, I would stand by him because by the time I had had three days to digest this, right, had us both checked out physically for any surprise diseases. Yeah, which is one of the consequences. Uh-huh. Okay. I would be with him so he wouldn't kill himself. Uh, oh, well, just because you want to take care of him then. you want Well, yeah, I want to I take care of him. So, I think I respect sad, that. sad thing <laughs> yeah. would be that I would never quit loving him. Hey, oh, amen for you, Marianne. I, I, why no, wouldn't I, I like me. you after that? I admire you after that. I, I mean, I, honestly, we really do take a vow that says, I'm going to love this person until one of us is dead. And uh, that's not saying it quite as graciously as I do at the altar when people are getting married in front of me, but I'm still, I'm going to love this person until one of us is dead. So uh, y'all all all know that joke, don't you? Mrs. Criswell was asked by someone if she would ever consider divorce or if she ever had considered divorce. And she said, never. I would never consider divorce. Murder? Maybe. But never divorce. Uh, Marianne, really, I I appreciate that sentiment. I I think it's right for you to look. And and the truth is, as much joke as I've made of this and as belligerent as I've tried to be, uh, Elliot Spitzer's also going to go through uh, a crisis, a personal crisis. And so it should be. But it's not without help, because there are others who've gone through it, and the Lord is gracious. We all remember that. So thank you so much for that call, Marianne, and I still like you. May, I appreciate your calling also. I know you've had to try a couple of times to get through, so thanks for calling from Fort Worth. What's going on, May? Well, I uh, I just couldn't pass this opportunity up, seeing that March is uh, Women's History Month. Oh, perfect. Go. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that comes to mind is the Titus II woman. Yeah, sure. 
in the, the Proverbs 31 woman. Absolutely. And In Titus the, 2, she's teaching. She's teaching yes, other women. She's teaching yes, the children. In yes. Proverbs 31, she's doing her produce. She's right. out in the gate. She's being productive. She's virtuous. She's admired. Okay, right. keep and going. So since we are looking at that, sure. I would like to just challenge all of our women, all of our sisters, those that know Christ and, and call Him Savior yeah. as well as Lord, to grab hold to our young women, our little girls, to take more time with them and to live as truly examples of women of God because Man, good. they make choices. Yeah. And I want to challenge the fathers, the men, the uncles and the grandfathers to to spend time with these little girls and, yeah. and their nieces and children and love them as Christ. And then bottom line as I close is that number okay. One is that God is going to use all of this, and we pray to bring them to know Christ Very as their good. Savior and Lord. May, thank you so much thank for an excellent call and for a great idea. And I, I just want to confirm with you also this, that uh, and this is just uh, this is just going to be an agreement with what you said. So again, thanks for your call, uh, man. Uh, husbands and fathers need to treat their daughters with respect and to, to to raise them up to be full human beings, to to think like human beings, and to know that somebody cares about them as a human being. And husbands need to treat their wives in that same way, both to teach their daughters that, and because their wives really do deserve their respect. This is somebody who's chosen to give a life that was perfectly fine without you to you as a husband. Uh, Treat that girl, that woman, with respect. Uh, Angelique, thanks so much for calling from... Oh, uh, sorry, we lost Angelique. Listen, we man, uh, we've had a great time to talk. There were so many things I wanted to bring up I didn't get to bring up. One of the most important to me is that the way we look at this as a culture, we assume that Christianity somehow is to blame for uh, making women insignificant figures. In fact, when Hillary Clinton was describing why she hung by uh, her husband through a difficult time in a debate, recently she was talking about this, she credited her faith with it. I am very grateful that I had a grounding in faith that gave me the courage and the strength to do what I thought was right, regardless of what the world thought. Yeah, regardless of what the world thought, her appeal uh, was to her faith, to her, and what we all recognize is her Christianity. And I, I want us to remember that that's a right position to be in, but it's also true that Christianity doesn't just teach women uh, the side of submission. Uh, Christianity and Judaism, in the Old Testament, the same thing is taught, has been an adamant advocate of respecting women, not treating them as objects, not minimizing their significance, but recognizing that they are of equal worth, that They're made of exactly the same stuff we're made of. That's why in the story in Genesis, she's taken from man's rib so that he can't say anything other than she's just like me. She's made of the same stuff. And so we give even greater respect to those who hand over their lives to someone else because we're not here for ourselves. We're here to give ourselves to someone else. Christ gave himself for us in the same way. This is Barry Creamer for Jerry Johnson Live. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective. 